But, you know, I've had people, like, I had a whole family come up to me at uh, an event in Toronto last year and say, well, we took the whole family out to a cottage, and we brought the laptop, and we all played in the middle of the woods. Holy shit. <laughs> With all the lights off. And, and I was like, really? And they said, yeah. And they said it scared us. And, you know, there's, like, 11-year-old kids there and stuff, which is pretty funny. Uh, and I said, well, I said, that's exactly what I wanted from this, is that that's a huge part of it. I want you to take whatever device you got, like, whether it's iPhone, iPad, whatever, and, like, find the creepiest place that you have. Make it super personal. You know, uh, and s- spend your hour and a half or whatever it is to to finish the game and make it a hundred times worse for yourself because that will just be so much better. So. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Interview Dump Truck. I'd like to thank the extremely talented Phil Reno for putting together the theme for Interview Dump Truck, or the Interview Dump Truck. At some point, I'll figure out exactly how to talk about it. When I had the idea to put a theme together for this, the first thing that came to mind was home improvement. Something about the beep beep uh, made me uh, begin to think about the home improvement theme, which actually was a show I do not regret loving as much as I did when I was younger. Uh, But there was something about all the metal sounds and construction work that felt like it would make a lot of sense for the interview dump truck. And so thanks again to Phil for for that theme. And that allows us to transition into, I feel like, what's most appropriate for the first episode with the uh, official interview dump truck theme is someone who's going to talk about horror with me. Uh, I finally had a chance to meet uh, home designer Benjamin Rivers at GDC this year. We immediately clicked just chatting about horror films, horror games, and the whole genre, which is something him and I both uh, really enjoy. And we even had a content reason to talk to one another because he is currently in the midst of porting, I think he's in the final stretch of porting uh, Home, his sort of choose-your-own-murder-mystery horror game that's currently available for the PC and Mac. Um, he's porting that to to iOS. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how people respond when they have an opportunity to play it on a much wider platform. And I'm actually going to do a real-time correction. It's only out for the PC, not for the Mac. Sorry. I guess I've become a PC elitist now that I have my own PC and I forget <laughs> which games are also out on the Mac. But in any case, uh, porting the game to iOS gave me a chance to jump on Skype with him. And we go all over the map for the next half an hour talking about his game, about horror films, horror games, and... It was a really enjoyable conversation. It got my mind thinking about what we're going to do this October in terms of really changing how Giant Bomb covers horror games and do something really big. Uh, It got me really excited about some ideas I've already had about that. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy our conversation. You know, the GDC just happened pretty recently, so you've been in a position where you've been showing the game to a number of people and being like, all right, here's the literal two-sentence pitch, even if it you know, loses a lot of the nuance of the stuff yeah. that you have worked on into the game. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy because I teach I teach business classes to like illustrators, which sounds weird, but um, and I've been basically running on media, uh, uh, sort of high octane for home for oh god, like a year and a half. So <laughs> I do I do this I do this sort of elevator pitch a lot. So I apologize if I sound uh, I sound like I do do it a lot. <laughs> a lot of folks in the indie team get freaked out when they see people who can like do media training stuff because uh, 
because you know normally it's not what you want to be doing, but uh, <laughs> I just got used to it. What well, it is it's it's a it's certainly a useful tool to have, like to be able to effectively communicate, you know, what you've created. That's 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 you know in order to you know get above the headlines, in order to kind of fight through the noise. Um, that yeah. sounds like a pretty useful skill to have when you're when you're talking to people. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, I can. I mean, I can address some of that stuff later. I don't want to get too off track. <laughs> sure, because <laughs> uh, otherwise I'll ramble forever. Um, so, Home is a is you know is a two D horror game, which is yeah. there, there, there's a couple of those. You know, Lone Survivor is probably another one that people are familiar with. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they totally came out around the same time, which is funny because I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of uh, hate posts on the the Steam forums and stuff. Like people saying, I've basically taken Jasper and like stolen his ideas, or or that <laughs> I hate him and them for doing a two D horror game at the same time. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, that, that was going to be my next question. Why are you such a jerk? You know, why do you why do you rip off everyone else's games? I mean, I, I don't know how you want to respond to that accusation. Yeah, well, two words: cash money. <laughs> got got to get paid, really. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Like there was a top indie horror game list that came out last year, and you know, like. Lone Survivor was on there, and I was on there, and a bunch of others were. And I thought, what other year have you been able to compile a list of more than 10 games in an indie, indie horror genre? Uh, so it's been kind of a funny time the past 12 months. Well, that's, that's true. Horror is definitely one of those genres that sort of the bigger companies have gotten away from, or at least games that you would ascribe horror to than you know, the AAA space or these, you know, these big multi-million dollar projects. They're not actually that scary, or there's no like the risk reward structure of the design is not you know what we would traditionally call survival horror uh, right. or, or any of the things that have come to define uh, you know horror in video games for like the last like ten ten fifteen years, and that yeah. has been kind of that that slack has been picked up by uh, sort of the indie scene. You know, I think Amnesia is sort of a great focal point for that of a, de- right. a developer realizing you know getting rid of combat so they can focus on. You know, making something more more atmospheric and and really being successful as a result of that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of a. I mean, we're we're indie games are always the strongest. I think are in always picking up what slips through the cracks and and reminding you that there's you know there's still good to be had with that idea and there's still places you can take that and it's kind of neat to see so many experiences too. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of emails about sort of horror related things now because of home, but. Uh, when I look around, I still see, you know, even the past couple of weeks, you know, Kickstarter campaigns and other things for stuff that's still happening. It still makes me really interested. Uh, in fact, there was a, we had a show here in Toronto for um, uh, students of game design through where I teach at, at uh, OCAD University and U of T and a bunch of other places. And there was uh, a small team that made this totally freaky, super disturbing game called dollhouse i think it was hmm. actually brought in like an old victorian just crusty looking couch with doilies and like baby doll heads and stuff they set up the space at the at the presentation center to, to sort of dress it up and it's kind of you know kind of like slender in a way where you're going around an area and stuff's happening but it's randomly generated and they give you the goal of picking up these these sort of story items that drive the plot a little bit further but the rest is just pure atmospherics and holy crap, it was just so terrifying. And I said, this is a million times scarier than my game. Uh, <laughs> like anything really going on here. But, uh, but I'm always amazed that people find new stuff to do in that. Because that's, I mean, that's what we want. That's the whole point of doing this. Well, it seems like especially uh, independent horror games have found a lot of success in subtraction rather than addition. And it, you, it, what most people, uh, the traditional argument, which I think is, is a bad premise, is that, you know, 
the more technology, the more um, available to you, you know, that's what's going to make things better. And that doesn't necessarily make right. things scarier. Uh, and, and, and horror, it seems like, you know, it, you know, great horror films are a great example of this, like, you know, the original Alien or, 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 right. like, or, or even Jaws, which I consider a horror film. You know, this, yeah. the, what you remove, what you don't show, what isn't there uh, has way more to do with, with what's scary than, you know, having the highest poly model of whatever, yeah. of whatever creature you've come up with. Totally, yeah. My wife always says, any anytime they show the monster in a movie, she just like wants to turn it off and walk away because she's just not interested. It's always it's always the buildup, and and uh, uh, and yeah, I absolutely agree because there's so much there's so much that we I think you know listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of people talk about games as well. It's now that it's much more of a sort of an open culture that people discuss frequently. Um, Hearing people share stories about all the things that they picked out of games or, or got out of titles when they were kids and seeing all the weird nuances that people took from that, mostly because it was a subtractive medium at the time and you kind of had to fill in the blanks, and then realizing that we're just constantly diving headfirst into the exact opposite, like you say, uh, and saying like, well, if you thought, you know, what, uh, that you thought Link was, was a girl, we're totally going to make her not because here's all this cool stuff we're going to show you and removing that sort of element of being able to, you know, being able to... Uh, uh, make things up for yourself, and yeah, I guess horror is sort of like a a cool hotbed of of neat ideas that seem to stick. Because as long as someone gets freaked out, then they feel like the concept is working, uh, and it speaks to I think a lot of larger design ideas. And it's a it's a neat little experimental lab where you can play with stuff, and and uh, you know not just in the horror genre, but it can it can apply itself to to other stuff as well. And what, what I always find so fascinating about horror, especially you know, there's uh, games like Slender are very polarizing because mm. because horror is very polarizing. Like horror is, uh, in terms of the, the player react or just the person reaction, whether we're talking about games or or, or books or, or movies, uh, it's such a subjective uh, reaction, and that changes so much individual to individual. Um, you can't when when you design something uh, intended to scare someone, you're, you're just as likely to not scare someone else, or they're going to find it silly because yeah. you can't. There's no way to make horror broad without diluting it in the process yeah oh yeah and uh you know when when hung came out as well there was a lot of interesting comments and you know the the steam communities um there's a lot of vocal comments in there as well and um it's really weird to see how people take things and then i looked you know after i sort of got this about my own game i started looking at other games as well uh friends games and, and similar titles just curious to see what people were thinking and it didn't seem to matter but that sort of range a response was always, always there. People saying, oh, X is garbage because it's just not scary, or someone saying, this is literally the scariest thing I've ever played. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's, and I, I kind of think that's, that's why um, these sort of over, the over, overly uh, focused attempt by a lot of studios to make sure that they please everyone. Like, it's always going to be a losing proposition. Um, and you tend to do a lot better when you don't, you know, you don't worry about that so much. At least from a sort of craft point of view, I, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So what, what influences did you draw on for home itself? And is horror something that you've traditionally been a fan of, or was it just convenient for what you wanted to do with home? It's always something I've wanted to do. I mean, uh, you know, Silent Hill being sort of one of my favorite things of all time. Um, but the, the main thing for home was that I kind of, 
kind of wanted to make sort of like a murder mystery sort of thing. And my wife was really pushing me to do it. She said he, she thought I could do something really neat, something very narrative focused. And uh, I found it. I had this old story that I wrote, I don't know, like 10, 12 years ago. And it was like a chapter of a story. And it was about a guy waking up in a house. Uh, and I'm, I kind of liked it. I'd never done anything with it. And I said, that's a really neat idea for something. Maybe I'll try to figure out what he's doing in this house. And, you know, where does that spin off from there? So the kind of genesis of that whole idea was there. But then I kept thinking, like, okay, I really like horror games and movies and I love stuff. But just like you said, you know, what is it that I don't like that's going on today? Well, I don't know if I really like worrying about monsters. I'm not sure if I really like uh, storylines that get overly complicated or, you know, where you have a, a monster character that ends up being a franchise, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started thinking about everything that I did like and I, you know, totally uh, – to what you say, I really do appreciate a reductive approach to stuff. Thinking about what do you need to even make someone freaked out or get them thinking about it? Do you need an enemy? Maybe not. Do you need to have a death you know, cycle? Maybe not. And so um, kind of comparing every experience I'd had, whether it, you know, reading a book, um, seeing a film or playing a game and wondering, oh, what was it that kind of got me, that got me freaked out the most or, or gave me something to go on? Uh, there's a book I always talk about, House of Leaves, which is um, I really need to read that because people have recommended that to me. Yeah, it's, uh, a million. Well, I've, I've heard the narrative structure it structure of it alone is 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 what makes it interesting. Yeah, it's it's batshit crazy, and it's I read it you know when it was sort of in college, and oh, it's, I'm not sure if I'd be able to have the patience to read it now because it's so uh, it's so bizarre. But that was you know a non-linear narrative as a novel form and had a lot of these elements of sort of ARGs in place without doing anything other than explaining a few things to you. And uh, that was like a huge influence because I think about the book all the time. I always recommend it. Uh, and it's the kind of story where I think I've never read anything like it since. I've still never found anything that affected me quite the same way or that I was so willing to work for. Uh, and I thought maybe there's, maybe there's something with that kind of approach. And that was kind of the main, I guess, the driving force where I said, yeah, you know what? I think I can do this. I got I to gotta take a stab at it. And so uh, I find it curious that you – or not curious, but interesting that you mentioned Silent Hill as sort of a touchstone for, for horror and video games. Uh, what, what is it about Silent Hill specifically, uh, or, and is there a certain you know, number in that franchise that, that really sticks out in your mind as, as being uh, really defining what you, what you found to, to work really well? Right. One and two is definitely it for me. And um, the main – one of the biggest reasons why I love Silent Hill is because I um, – I get tired of fantasy stories a lot. Like I don't read fantasy books, things like that. Um, and I get tired of fantasy-based stories and games a lot because to me, the the most interesting things are sort of what's going on around you. Like I, you know, I love Persona Four most because it was like getting to vi- visit like a small town in Japan. That was really cool. Uh, and as somebody who grew up in a small town, we used to always make up stories like write. D and D campaigns and write little pen and paper horror RPGs and stuff like that. And it was always about like the crazy shit that happened around us because small towns always have like the worst murder stories and all. Like that. <laughs> and I do have the worst, but I won't repeat it because it's absolutely awful. Um, but uh, but there's always that neat stuff that you sort of draw into. But then when you, I find when you dress it up with a lot of fancy elements, I find it gets way less interesting. So Silent Hill being absolutely just a dude. Uh, yeah, actually, I think that made me want to play was reading the previews at the beginning back in the 90s that said, you know, you're just a writer and you get a gun, but you don't even know how to use it. And I thought, well, that's the first time I've heard of that. 
Uh, and the fact that you get to explore this town, which feels real, you know, like every time I replay the game, I just like to go down the streets and check out the store signs and, and see how it all makes sense and see the little houses and stuff. Cause I find that really fascinating. Uh, and two is obviously, um, a huge deal and, and, my, and my favorite cause that just amplified everything and, and did so many neat things with the story there. But again, it was that idea of this is not, uh, you know, this isn't a fantasy RPG. This isn't. Um, something where I have to just learn an index of names and characters and places and imaginary worlds and technologies, but where I just get to play a person and imagine these absolutely horrific things. And I think all the best horror, especially, especially in the, you know, what you mentioned, like, um, uh, Jaws and, uh, and Alien is, they all feel like, well, I guess Alien's a bit fantastical, obviously, but uh, they all feel like things that could happen to you, and that's what freaks you out the most, because you think, what the hell would I do in that situation? I don't even know. Scre- you know, just scream for my life and run away. <laughs> right. Well, I, think, I mean, you know, Alien, although, you know, the where it takes place is a fantastic setting, the idea of a creature stalking you in the dark is, is sort of that universal fear that yeah, has right. been preyed upon in, in plenty of other uh, forms of forms of horror. Right, and they, and you know, they the filmmakers always said that it was meant to just be like a haunted house movie in space, uh, and they sort of just amped it up to insane degree. But you know, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Actually, you know what? When I first saw the screenshots of Silent Hill, I was like, that looks like my hometown. <laughs> That's really freaky. Uh, and this looks like all the little stories we used to write about going around town and finding like some dude cut up in the hardware store because someone's going crazy or, or whatever. <clears throat> and I think that's part of the, the movie that there were two movies that scarred me the most as or three movies that scarred me the most as a child. And, uh, Jaws was one of them. So that, and I saw that very young and I just right. don't think, I don't think my parents were aware of, <laughs> I was just into sharks just like most kids were. <laughs> right. And they're, oh, it's a movie about sharks. So, you know, that movie then ended up making me terrified of the deep ends of pools, even though, right. You rationalize there's no way a shark could get through the pipes but you know they, you tell right. that to a seven-year-old uh, right and fire in the sky which i'm not sure if you've ever seen oh yeah i have but it's been a long time and, and that movie is is infamous for uh its abduction scene that is completely yeah, terrifying yeah, yeah. um but and the reason that that movie is so affecting is because it's about uh, uh you know about a bunch of guys that have this experience and they don't show that experience. It, like the, the abduction is not the focal point. You know, it's just a it's just a premise for these people to have a shared experience, and then a town and family members that don't believe them. So that right. the one time they do show it, you know, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, it's right. well made. But had the whole movie been about their adventures on a spaceship and being tortured, right. it, it, you know, it wouldn't have been nearly as impactful. Um, and then the Blair Witch Project, uh, yeah. which you know that movie came out when I was at the tail end of middle school and I was old enough to know that things you know weren't real but that movie you know the the found footage concept was so yeah. new yeah. that I you you know for someone in eighth grade you were able to suspend your disbelief to to a point that was just it, that movie was just completely ruined me for an entire summer uh, right and I, and I lived in the midwest where I would open you know you Parents wouldn't want to run the, the the AC every single night, so I'd open the the window, and it's the Midwest, so there are animals, you know, in the backyard, and I would hear crunch, yeah. crunch, and they would they'd be snapping twigs by accident when this raccoon's going across the yard, and 
those sounds from the Blair Rich Project where they would hear like the crunching outside of the tent. Like I'm getting goosebumps even just like talking about it now because like I can still very easily go back to that place that I was that uh, with that kid. Um, right. And all and all those movies, you know, prey upon uh, you know various you know universal fears of like disempowerment, um, yeah. yeah, isolation, uh, and and those are things that games in general uh, don't really engage with. Or if they do engage with it, it's only in an atmospheric sense. It's not in a design right. sense where right. you most games give the player some way to push back, mm-hmm. um, and there's no way to. There's no way to push back in games, games like uh, Amnesia, and it seems like right. even in Silent Hill, uh, your ability to push back is pretty limited. Like the combat, you could argue, okay, it was just crappy combat, but I think the crappy combat, even if not by design, informs why that game or those first two games are so special because yeah. you, you can't kill everything in front of you even if you're really skilled at it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's so funny you mentioned Blair Witch. I was in college when that came out, and it was actually after Blair Witch that I read uh, House of Leaves. But uh, when they showed this, you know, the internet sucked at that point, obviously. But uh, when they were showing like little video clips of interviews, doing all those fake interviews about the Blair Witch and stuff as part of the initial run-up campaign, I was looking at these things and going, holy shit, this looks like my, this looks like my hometown. <laughs> this, is, this is, just like I said before, this is all the same shit that we used to joke about as kids. This is messed up. So I went to see the movie. And I think it was with my wife, or if we weren't married at the time, but uh, I was fucking petrified the whole time. I've never been more scared in my life than that whole movie. And then I went back home to visit, and then back in the country, and realized, holy shit, this totally is like the book. <laughs> but my friend, he uh, took this one step further, because near his dad's house, was it was this creepy house, and I shit you not, uh, it was like a you know old old sort of farmhouse. It had like a tool shed. It all had burn marks on it, but it never burnt down. And there were writing on, there was writing on all of the walls and animal bones hanging from the ceiling. And we, he took me there once, you know, after we had seen the movie. I'm like, holy fuck, this place is terrifying. But he had eventually once took his girlfriend there and like locked her in one of the rooms and went around the house making fucked up noises. Oh, what Just, a monster! That person's and, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he is, but. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was kind of, kind of awesome. But for the entire, I don't know, like you say, the summer after and all that stuff. All when I visit home, all I could think about was just, was just all that creepy shit, and it just made home, uh, like my hometown, way more interesting. All of a sudden, because <laughs> it all just felt like a backdrop to yeah, it's something absolutely terrible. And th- yeah, and that's kind of like that's all the stuff I think about, like all the weird shit you see in the streets. And it's like you should see a movie or play a game, and you should go, holy shit. I know exactly what this is like, and suddenly I'm more afraid because uh, I can relate, even if it's you know there's a layer of abstraction there. I mean, I think that's why uh, you know home invasion films are also some of my favorites to watch because they really get under my skin to a degree that uh, a lot of other stuff doesn't because it's it's such a real scenario to imagine for yourself, even if the things that play out in the film are 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 really fantastic and and over the top. Um, yeah. Because the idea of just being locked in your home, being terrorized, like it's just, yeah. it's really easy to imagine that you would look out your window and there's a guy in the mask, in a mask. And, right. And then there are six of them. I think, you know, the, the strangers came out a number of years ago and I thought that was a, uh, a really effective Damn. one of those. And then yeah. funny games, which is a different kind of, you know, funny games is great because it's, it's really terrifying, but also 
it breaks the fourth wall constantly to comment on, you know, why are you enjoying this film? Should you enjoy this film? Which right. I think is which I think is really interesting to explore. Yeah, yeah, that's totally that's totally neat. Yeah, it's it still feel like I think I think movies like this prove it. There's there's so much you can still do. It's it sounds really I love talking about horror because it sounds really weird because somewhere somebody's going, what the hell's wrong with people? <laughs> all you want to do is disturb people, scare the shit out of them, make them in you know like I was talking to. Uh, Craig uh, Super Brothers, and he finally played home after it come out, and he was like, "I think you might be a bad person." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't know, man. I just got to get the demons out somehow. This is just how I how I do it." But uh, you think about all this cr- crazy stuff, and you sit there going, "This is really weird that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about all this like genuinely fucked up shit because <laughs> someone has gone through this, and uh, and uh, they probably wouldn't find this super entertaining." But I mean, I guess that's that's how we. That's how we as humans kind of play, right? And that's kind of where the fun is, is to help see how far you can push somebody or see what you can do to get people to think uh, in that kind of safe safe space, knowing that, yeah, you watch a home invasion movie, but hopefully when you go home, it's not going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I've actually thought a lot about this. Uh, should I feel bad for indulging in a lot of that stuff that I do, and what does that say about me? And I, I do think, you know, I... I'm not a fan at all of like you know like the torture porn and, and yeah. stuff of that ilk. Yeah, mostly because I, I, mostly because I think it's cheap. Uh, I think it's, yeah. re, it's it's the equivalent of like a jump scare. Like if you you know when you know Eli Roth cuts someone's tendon um, and shows that really up close, uh, right? You know th- that's not hard to do. That's not hard to make someone uncomfortable. So you know I a I can appreciate the craft of just generally making people feel uncomfortable and then i think be like it's being able to explore things that really freak you out or scare you in a safe space that is just is not possible yeah anywhere else so where, where else are you going to be able to see how you react to a scenario if not through um you know a form of media and, and that's right. what i think game games are so ha- you know should be able to do so much more than what yeah. um movies do because in, in a movie you know, when you go through a particularly scary sequence, you can you can skip it. You can uh, uh, hide your hide your face, but in uh, in a game, you're the one that has to push forward. Yeah, well, I mean, th- I think the the moment I knew I was eventually going to make a horror game was when I was playing Silent Hill One. <clears throat> you know, it was three a.m. I had my cat with me. All the lights were off. Totally scared. Uh, and I was in the just in the elementary school, so I'd only been playing it for a couple hours, and. I was so terrified I didn't want to go anywhere, you know, like I didn't want to, I knew I had to go to uh, one of the classrooms or something like that, and I just didn't want to. I was basically like, fuck you game, no way, <laughs> I know what you're going to do to me, and I don't, I can't deal with this right now, and there's always a couple of moments every, uh, at certain points of the game where it would do something, I'm like, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to bed, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> it would just get, get under my skin so bad, uh, but of course, yeah, you, you let the fear subside for a little bit, and then you you uh, come crawling back but yeah that's the that's the best and i don't know i uh sometimes i wonder it's weird because like i don't i'm not a big fan of shooter games and stuff because i just the the mechanics of of those don't really interest me that much it's for me every game i play has to have like a real emotional resonance whether it's you know like persona and it's super sappy in a way or it's a horror game like silent hill and it's you know freaking me out um, or it's just something kind of casual, like, you know, Luigi's Mansion, and I kind of just feel happy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there has to be something like that there, and 
the whole point of any game I, I try to work on is to try to guide people through a series of emotional, I guess, moments and try to get them to do stuff. And the good thing about horror is that it's a specific type of emotion. You can worry about fear and doubt and dread and all that stuff. And I think some of the language behind some of that is a little bit more universal, uh, whereas maybe love and other things are like way tougher and way more nuanced. Um, but that's kind of you know why it's, it's great to hear people say, like when they play the game, you know, here's what they were thinking when certain things were happening. And that might be completely different than what I intended, but um, they were pushed in the right direction even if I wasn't able to get them to think exactly what I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's, that's sort of like the fun part of the medium. Is that uh, people always surprise you, and uh, and if you and I guess it's kind of like a movie, but unlike a movie, you know, people can walk out with completely different uh, and equally valid ways of sort of dealing with the situation, or as a movie is slightly more, I guess, linear focus in that regard. So, so speaking to what you're working on uh, right now, which is uh, I guess finishing up um, the 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 mobile version of Home, uh, mm-hmm. what? What prompted you to, to want to bring it to, to these platforms rather than kind of immediately moving on to, to something brand new after having worked on this for a while? And what were the sort of first initial struggles as you, you kind of tried to figure out how exactly you'd go about doing this? Well, the original design document for Home was actually for an iPad game. Uh, and I wanted to do just a touch-based horror game because I thought it would be a lot more intimate. And then I realized at the time I didn't have the chops to do one. I just didn't have the software suite, didn't know what I was doing. So I said, okay, cool, I can do this on PC, so let's start there. Uh, so for me, it's almost like realizing the initial version of this uh, and proving that the concept does work in this format, which so far I think it, I think it really does. Um, and one of the main things, because you know, obviously the game is meant to be highly interpretive and people are supposed to submit their versions of what's going on and it's meant to provoke discussion and stuff. And part of that is, you know, I really love it when people tell me that they played the game, uh, you know, like method style. So I tell you when you load the game to turn off the lights, put headphones on, you know, play alone and try to do it all in one sitting. It'll just be better that way. But, you know, I've had people, like I had a whole family come up to me at uh, an event in Toronto last year and say, well, we took the whole family out to a cottage and we brought the laptop, and we all played in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Holy shit. With all the lights off. And, and I was like, really? And they said, yeah. And they said it scared us. And, you know, there's like 11-year-old kids there and stuff, which is pretty funny. Uh, and I said, well, I said, that's exactly what I wanted from this. That's what I want to do with this game. I want people to sort of find the best places to to play it and, and freak themselves out. So something I'm going to be talking about with the iPad version soon enough is uh, – is that that's a huge part of it. I want you to take whatever device you got, like whether it's iPhone, iPad, whatever, and like find the creepiest place that you have. Make it super personal, you know, uh, and s- spend your hour and a half or whatever it is to, to finish the game and make it a hundred times worse for yourself because that will just be so much better. So, uh, so you know, obviously PC, you can do that with laptops, but it's not quite the same. With this, I'm really hoping people get into it and they – go find, yeah, like an old campsite that freaked them out or that burnt-out house with bones hanging from the ceiling and play the game there and give themselves, you know, permanent psychological damage. <laughs> you're, a true, you're a true monster. <laughs> I try. I mean, you got to go, go all the way, right? <laughs> um, is, there, is there anything changing to, to, you know, other, you know, interface aside? Is there any changes to the game in, when bringing it over? Is there stuff that you look at and you're like, man, I really... I didn't have time to take care of that the first time around, but I'd, I'd like to tweak it as, as I, you get a chance to kind of revisit it. 
Yeah, there's actually a ton of little things, which is what's been driving me nuts. But, uh, you know, there's some extra content that's in there. Um, a new area that's been in there that I showed to some folks uh, at GDC. And was something I always wanted to put in, but didn't seem to make sense at the time. And I decided it'd be sort of like a, like a free DLC thing later on. So that'll be in that version. Um, and then I'll be updating all the other versions as well. There's also been a ton of tiny changes like fixing type, adding new text, realizing there's scenarios that I could have more uh, completely addressed. There's so much text in this game, but somehow I managed to write more. Uh, and just, uh, yeah, like tweak little things, make things run better, and, uh, and find areas where people I noticed, because uh, I don't have stats in the game, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, in the sort of classic sense of actually being able to track stuff, but because of people being able to submit things, I kind of know where the majority of people's opinions on the story are. So knowing that mm, some people are focusing more towards certain interpretations, but they seem to be missing some of these other ones I really was hoping they would get. Uh, I'm trying to leave a few more breadcrumbs towards those other concepts to see if that will balance things out a bit, to see if some other people take those hooks a little bit more. And again, it's a bit of a bit of an experiment, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens once the new versions go out and to see if other people uh, interpret things differently. So where are you at at this point in terms of uh, finishing it out and getting it in people's digital hands? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, basically, the the uh, PC and Mac sort of like new port, because I had to reprogram almost the entire game from scratch, Oof. which is fun. Uh, that's pretty much done. It's got a couple things to sort out there. Um, what I'm trying to do now is optimize for iPads and stuff because the game uses way too much memory and i got to sort of sort that out. So that's what I'm doing now. Uh, I told people that I was hoping to get this thing out before summer. That's still my goal. Man, I really hope so. Um, but at the very least, people will have, yeah, this summer to, to, to like I said, take the iPad out to the woods and <laughs> freak themselves out. Play while driving in an old pickup truck down a country road. That'd be good. Well, you should you should uh, you should list out a whole series of scenarios and then have people submit and take there. pictures of like the awful places like a basement while one of their friends stares in the other direction reenacting the <laughs> ending of the Blair Witch Project. There is it's funny you say that. There is that's exactly what I'll be doing. There's oh, a, awesome! There's a campaign thing coming that I'll be talking about. But uh, yeah, and in fact, I don't know if you've seen any of the Twitter stuff that happened with the initial release. It's, um, been, it's been a while. I'm sure I saw it when it came out, but if, if you Feel free to give a refresher. Yeah, just uh, just that at home horror because that's where I did um, two months before launch. There was a Twitter feed going from the point of view of the main character of the game, uh, and I don't know if you ever like the photos. Some people know this, but the photos that were all posted, almost all of them, were actual photos that I've taken on many of my country hunts, like going to abandoned houses and like really shitty, freaky places. And so I post a lot of these great photos. There's one up there which is just of this room stuffed with garbage and like old uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call them? Horse? Uh, it's not s- sawhorse or something like that. Uh, and uh, and seesaws and stuff like that. And like old kids toys and like just garbage bags that looks like they're stuffed with dead bodies. And this is like a real place that I went to. So a lot of those sort of creepy things that, uh, that I mentioned about going to the country and like making all these treks into the woods I tried to actually bring into here. Um, and share, share the terror that I've experienced with everybody else. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I, I guess I will, I will, I will thank you for this, that you're, you go on some weird hikes, man. You go on some <laughs> weird hikes. Um, 
Yeah, man, life's weird. You got to just find that. <laughs> but but I appreciate your time and, and taking a couple of minutes to to chat with me about the game. Well, thanks, Patrick. Uh, I'm glad uh, we could uh, hook up. Cool. Thanks, man. Okay. Take care. You too.